0: News Talk on Demand. Interruption free audio. Where you want it, when you want it. Happy Sunday, and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 C K O M and 980 C J M E. My name is Jay Thomas. With me like always, Jill and Rick Van Diven today. Good morning, guys. Good morning, morning Jay. Good morning. Yeah, glad to be here again. I cannot believe that it is halfway through August. Yep. You know, that, that blows me away. I guess, you know, the bottom line is we've got to enjoy every second we got out there of our beautiful summer. Cause oh, yeah. We now were just
1: talking on the way here about how the days are getting a little bit shorter. Yep. So might have to wake up a little bit earlier Maybe to get
0: everything done. Get everything done. <laughs> <laughs> usually, I, right. usually
2: I was working on the yard till till it got dark, right? So uh, Which,
0: you know, a month ago was sort of
2: 9.30. Yeah, 9.30, almost 10 o'clock. That's right. right? So now it's 9 o'clock. It's pretty much...
0: Yep, lights out. Lights
2: out and mosquitoes are
0: coming out. (laughs) It's changing, unfortunately. But hey, there's still lots of summer left and lots of green out there, which is good. We've had a bunch of rains kind of go through yesterday in Saskatoon. It
1: was a fun thunderstorm to watch from the the cabin last night.
2: Over top of Blackstrap, there was just just It was almost like it was stalled over top of the lake. It was just great big tall mountainous uh, cloud you know wow and lightning like crazy and the wind would kept shifting it'd come from the north and it would come from the south and they go oh, really? <laughs> it was just it was just uh, cr- crazy this morning and then it changed direction again yep. so it's um yeah it was it was fairly interesting everybody was went out on the deck and we were watching the
0: cloud cuz it was just <laughs> well the storm kind of wrapped right around Saskatoon yeah. sort of I was in Martinsville kind of watching it and it we had a with some rain but the, the big first cloud kind of wrapped around turned and then went south It yeah. we kind of did a sort of a loop around around the area of Saskatoon and then probably headed towards Europe. Yeah, I was first watching place. The, I was
2: watching the radar like warming in that area yeah. and 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 north of that got it even worse uh, Regina right. I think got some too last night so yeah. it's yeah, there's some interesting weather, so it's, uh, it was good. I, I don't have to water the the grass this, this morning and it's yeah. nice and wet.
0: Lots of, lots of rain in certain new, parts.
2: new grass coming up, so it's good. That's even nicer rain. Yeah, your it,
1: grass is coming up really nice. It's coming um, up nice, yes. He seeded a bunch of grass on his acreage. Oh. And it's definitely the way to go when you have a large space to do. Yep. It came up really quick. Soon. Well,
0: I laid down sod. I, I just had a little tiny strip I had to finish in yeah. my front yard after putting my driveway in this year. Mm-hmm. And so I got, just got some sod and that, that was good. But I noticed it was kind of a strange color. You know, like it's, it wasn't nearly as nice and jade green yep. as the rest of my lawn, so I grabbed that uh, Groundkeeper Fertilizer just because I had put some stuff recently on the main part of the lawn, yeah. added some to that new strip, and already within a week, it's starting to change and turn color and right. kind of match the rest of the grass. It's
1: food can do for you. It, it is. It is. <laughs> just like our bodies.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've been
2: getting lots of pictures of before and afters, you know, of the lawn. And uh, it's quite amazing the changes just by, like I said, adding that food and adding the right type of food. Yes. And uh, it's quite amazing that the people say, whoa, look look what was before and look at now. Like, it's, Yeah. Yeah, it's quite something. 1-877-332-8255.
0: 1-877-332-8255. That's a place where you can join the conversation. We can talk about, you know, what's going on with your yard, something not quite going right, you need some help with something. doesn't matter if it's trees or shrubs, the lawn, the garden, the flowers, all that counts. It's all good. 1-877-332-8255. Two ways to join the conversation. You can call us or use that same number to send us a text and we'll get to those texts as well. So, I guess we've already got people joining the show. So, we might as well start with that. Absolutely. Excellent. So, we're going to go to Weyburn right now and talk to Tim. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. Good morning.
3: So I have an ornamental crab apple that I planted last year, so it was it's about let's well, it start off probably about five feet tall. And I'm just wondering, it needs to be pruned, but I really don't know where to start on what branches I should take off of
2: it. Well, basically when you look at ornamental crabs, if you just just planted it recently, it probably doesn't need a lot of pruning for the first couple of years. The only thing I tell people to do is that a lot of times ornamental crabs are branches are fairly low to the ground when you get them. And so I always say every year you take one set of branches as, as the top grows up taller, you, you, you raise the bottom. So then you take a one set of lower branches every year. So you have a two branches that'll come out one from each side of the tree. You'll take those two off and then the next year you'll take the next two up until you get to the height that you can you know not being poked in the eye every time you're cutting the grass you know and okay. uh, and and after that just uh um you know thin- thinning the tree out or if you get any uh when a young tree you got the opportunity if you get any bad joints i call which are like tight wise where a branch could split off you know yeah. uh, if a branch is coming out you know straight out straight to the out side. like a straight out to the side, then you you don't those are those are good strong ones, but if you got a y happening, then when you're young you may, when they're young, just cut one of them off, so just leave one as being the leader and um other than that, there's um just thinning the tree every once in a while and just but mainly taking any branches that are crossing. Or otherwise, um, ones that are going to cause you—you know—you know that are going to cause problems later. So cut them when they're just dist- when you're you have the opportunity. We have a young tree. If you see a branch that's going to cross, or or a branch that's coming out of the sucker, coming out of the base of the tree and growing up through the middle of the tree, uh you can trim those off when they're little. It's much more easier on the tree, and you don't have much easier cutting a little branch the size of your finger rather than the the, the size of your arm. You know. Yeah. And uh,
1: when, when the branches that are crossing, you're cutting them because the branches are rubbing together yep. and that rubbing could, could help, uh, disease get into the tree or bugs or something like that. So that's why you're cutting those crossing branches. Okay.
2: But otherwise, there's not, like I said, honestly, if you just planted it last year, there's not a lot you need to do uh, other than, like I said, raising every year, raising a set of branches up so that you can, you have some clearance underneath the tree.
1: And I think it's good to mention you do not want to be fertilizing your trees right now, too. Yeah, so.
2: Now you want to slow down uh, fertilizing because now you want the trees to start getting ready for, for next year. You want to keep them moist, but, you know, and then once we get to September, you want to even slow down the watering a little bit then in September. Right now with the heat... Just keep them moist. If you've been fertilizing, you know, every three weeks, every four weeks during this from spring till now, they have enough food to get them through till spring now.
1: Yeah, you want them to start shutting down.
0: Yep. All right. Thank you. You're Thanks, Tim. Take care. 1877-332-8255. I think we got time for one more call before we go to our first break. So uh, waiting the longest. We'll get to Elaine's call in a bit. Elaine, hang on tight, but first we're gonna talk to Sharon who's in Saskatoon. Hi, Sharon. Hello. So you want to talk about some flowers?
4: Yes, I have sea holly in my backyard. And last year, the leaves were um, like really anemic looking. They were kind of white. So I added um, aluminum sulfate to the soil. And so the leaves are a nice green this year. But this year, the flowers have turned from blue to um, white. So I was wondering if that's just the natural progression of the bloom after it's, you know, in blue, or if there's still something lacking in the soil that flowers aren't blue anymore.
1: And the flowers should stay fairly blue. The only thing that can happen is they can turn they can turn a little bit of a white color once they're finished blooming, but when they first come out, they should still be nice and blue for you. Um, have you been fertilizing them on top of doing the aluminum sulfate? Yeah. Yeah. And how often are you fertilizing?
4: Um, every two to three weeks. Okay.
2: No, did you just put the aluminum sulfate on just last year? That's it?
4: last year and then i put some in again um maybe 2 3 weeks ago
2: 2 3 weeks ago what you may want to do is get yourself a, um a, just a little a ph test kit you know yeah and just check the, check the ph of the soil because if you have really alkaline soil i know that i i have, i have really alkaline soil and i have to keep adding some just to keep it there and uh because i'm also using water that's that's alkaline right so uh right. so i'm having that issue So doing the pH test kit, uh, and just make sure you pick up some uh, distilled water when you do that kit. Don't use your water from your tap or anything. Right. And uh, just check to find out where the pH is at. And then once you see that, then you know that, okay, I need to add, you know, maybe a little bit of aluminum sulfate every time I fertilize. And you may want to fertilize every three weeks during the summertime.
4: Okay, so it still may be, um, the flowers turning white still may be it, a problem with, uh,
1: yeah, it, it's a nutrient soil. problem, yeah. definitely.
4: Um, it also okay.
1: could be that it's just either getting not enough water or too much water. So checked how much water is in the area too. Um, if there's too much water, uh, the nutrients will leach out of the soil really quickly. Um, right. and, uh, that plant's not gonna, gonna be it, as, is as your, good.
2: is your soil a clay or is it a sandy soil? Uh,
4: probably in between in between i I treat it every year i add lamb manure and like i'm always trying to keep it healthy.
2: so you're keeping up all the nutrients right so yeah i i'd I'd get that little ph this is it's a little pill thing that you can test right at your kitchen sink just get yourself some distilled water and just figure out where that ph is sitting
0: at
4: okay can i ask you one more quick question got to
0: make it quick though sharon
4: Okay, I have one of those little tiny roses, rose bushes that you get from the Safeway store, Yep. and it's doing really well outside. It's blooming. I'm just wondering about overwintering it, if those little guys will overwinter it, if I dug it into the garden.
1: They're not hardy here in Saskatchewan. They're about a f- zone five, so you'd have to bring it inside the house, or else you'd have to bury it um, in the garden probably about a foot and a half down.
2: Or, or mulch it like
0: very, very heavy. Yeah, quite okay. heavy. Okay. Okay.
4: All right. Thank you very yep. much.
2: Thanks,
0: Sharon. Thank Take care. you. Okay. Bye. All right. We're going to get to some of your texts when we get back from Jerry. We've got uh, Julian Battleford, Stephanie, who's in Dundurn, and two people waiting on the phone lines. Elaine, who's in Spring Valley, one of our regulars, Ian in Saskatoon. So guys, hang on tight. We'll get to your calls as soon as we get back. Right now, a little break. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyven Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. sunday welcome to garden talk hope you're enjoying your day i'm jay with jill and rick van dyven we've got calls and we've got texts to get to so thanks for joining the car the the, the calls the car the car <laughs> their show that's what i'm trying to say <laughs> i'm saying it's all coming out at once thanks for joining the show you're a car guy <sighs> huh? i know you're exactly. thinking about cars <laughs> call us at 1-877-332-8255 there we go that's your funny for the day uh waiting patiently out in spring valley is elaine this morning good morning elaine
5: Hi, folks. I get tangled tongue, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Um, first of all, we have uh, a friend planted the... I call them blue potatoes. I don't know what they're called, but the, they're...
2: The Caribs? Pur-
5: purple. No, not the Caribs. Okay. The Caribs are the ones with the white flesh. I that's
2: correct. Yeah, that's correct. With. But the
5: other ones are, are sort of purplish-blue skin and blue on the inside okay. when you cook them, and I yep. don't like that. <laughs> but anyway, those... The, the plants are sort of... Uh, Uh, wilting a bit drying off and getting yellow are they developing blight or do they have blight do you think
2: no blight would be turning brown then black
5: okay no that's not that
2: yeah so they're turning yellow uh that just usually means two things one is that they're the the potatoes are ready okay Okay. in one case in the other case is just a matter of either you know drought or too wet or something like that that can cause the yellowings too
5: yeah no I don't think so I bet you they're they're ready uh yeah. although when I had pulled a plant oh I don't know a couple of weeks ago I guess they the one I pulled had just very tiny tiny potatoes on like a oh, half yeah. cap I have to laugh at them but mm-hmm. anyway uh I I would bet that they're close to ready so I think we'll we'll have to pull them. To and the other them. thing I want to ask by the way, that rose cherry tree that you advised me about yes. and that I decided not to kill this year, yeah. it's looking wonderful, but Perfect. it never did bloom. Uh, the other thing is is that I have some shoots coming from uh, an old um, yellow hardy rose, and uh, I have friends who, who want some. Can I uh, take those up, take shoots up now and, and give them to them to plant?
2: Not now. It's too hot, so you have to wait until the plant goes dormant. Okay. okay. If so you do later it, in the fall, yeah, later in the fall, About or one or, month, Rick? or even best is if I was going to do it, I'd do it toward the end of October. Okay. You know, middle to end of October. You know, that's usually when the leaves around your yard start turning color. Right. You know, and then uh, or or otherwise the best time to do that is because a lot of times those shoots don't have a lot of root on them. Right. Is do it first thing in the spring around the middle of April.
6: Yeah, okay. during the spring Well, they come up.
5: off the the main the main plant, of course.
2: Yeah, they're coming off the main plant, right? Yeah. And so sometimes they just don't have a lot of root. Like, right. is it, so this shoot is coming along the ground and then popping up. Is that what it is doing? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes, like I said, they still have the umbilical, umbilical cord, what I call it to the main yeah. plant. And so taking it off this time of the year when it's hot, yeah, it, it won't survive. And
1: sometimes okay. waiting.
5: because... I'm sorry, Jill. Were you going to say something?
1: I was going to say sometimes waiting till spring is better because then that plant can get more established before the winter. Before comes the
5: winter too. Yeah. Okay. Because she lost this. This lady lost the ones they gave her last year. But it was funny because it's planted beside a, uh, a mock orange, and they they bloomed at the same time. And uh, when I was doing some cutting for my mom to take some to her, here is uh, the yellow rose is growing in amongst the the mock orange. The too. mock orange. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. was pretty. Okay, thanks so much, folks. Keep You're welcome. Thanks, going. Elaine. Hi.
0: Thank you. one 877 8255 Thanks, Elaine, for the call there. Okay, in Saskatoon, Ian is waiting patiently. Thanks for your patience, Ian. Good morning.
7: Good morning. Uh, I have a plant. The tag says Mariachi Fuego Helenium, and on the back it says Helenium autumnal. So I'm hoping either one of those will help you. Um, it has st- really sturdy stalks. And when I planted it on a south against a south-facing wall, um, I planted it a foot out. And if I had turned it, the other, if I had planted it with the stalks towards the wall, the tops would have been touching the the, the building. So yep. I planted them. Um, or I planted yeah, a couple of with the stalks facing outwards. And you know, and they kind of look, kind of sort of out of place with everything else that's upright. So I'm wondering, since they are a perennial, will they come back next year on that same angle, or would I be better off to, um, since I just planted them, to to repot or to re, re uh, plant them and kind of tilt the root ball
2: so they're more upright? You no, know, they could come up in whatever angle the shoots start coming out of the main root. So I mean, sometimes you'll depend. Sometimes they'll come up with an angle, sometimes it will come straight up. and sometimes They'll usually
1: just grow towards the sunlight is yeah. what they want to do. So uh, what I would suggest you do is cut them down to the base um, this fall. And then in the spring when they start coming up, give them a little bit of a trim. Prune those tips off as soon as you get about two or three sets of leaves. Prune the tips up and that's going to help with branching so it's not just heading in one direction. Okay.
7: Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I came from a vegetable background with a few annuals here and there and so now I'm doing perennials and I don't really know that I, I I should know all this, but I
0: don't Yep.
1: That's what we're here for. <laughs> Guide you through it.
0: Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Ian. Take care. Have a great weekend. Take uh one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. That's where you can call and you can join the conversation. We have some texts to get to as well. Um We're going to do that really fast. We're going to get to at least one text here. Jerry from Askwith says, number one, what kind of fence can we put up to protect our Scotch pines and Jack pines from deer? They destroyed a lot of our trees last winter. Yep.
2: Just any kind of, any kind of barrier, um, snow fence, uh, there's, there's plastic deer fence that are, um, you know, that they're about seven feet tall, right? Yep. So uh, there's all kinds of different ones. You And all, you only need to put it up for the winter time. The deer don't necessarily, don't, won't go after them in the summertime, but as soon as fall comes around, that's when you have the problem. So just put it up any kind of barrier, any kind of fence. Well,
0: and then the second part of his question was how high should the fence be? You said seven, seven feet. Seven feet, yeah. Yeah, so they can't just get under their high well, lanes. and
2: Or the snow is up, below, you know, packed up around them. They can reach up over top of it because you don't want them to eat the tips of it either, right? Right, so, right. So seven feet is good i mean uh, my deer fence was about seven foot ten inches tall so uh no sorry it, it was eight foot eight foot that, that was for the deer jumping over it okay wow to get into the farm get into the farm so it's um so okay. just a little over eight feet but i mean if you just want them to protect a tree
0: seven feet is lots seven feet but make yep. sure it's at least that high then okay yep. all right we're going to go to uh rose valley shortly first though our first stop is in humboldt to talk to ann hi ann
4: hi um uh, we want to move uh, one of our house caps and I was wondering when was the best time to move them.
2: Yeah, so either once the leaves start falling off or otherwise first thing in the spring before the as soon as the frost out of the ground in the spring. Either one is fine for the house cap.
4: Okay. And uh, companion planting. Um is there any vegetable, like we've got it beside the raspberries, yep. but is there any vegetable we shouldn't plant near it?
2: Uh, not with hascaps. no. There's not really anyone that will, will change it or do anything. Just remember that uh, you probably, as your caps, you need two to pollinate each other, right? If you just have one, you won't get fruit. Okay. Okay. So you have to have another plant, another hascap, cap. Uh, if you know the variety, then stop at your garden center and get the right variety that will pollinate the best for that one. Okay. Because okay. they do have different ones out there now, and some pollinate each other better than other ones.
0: Okay, Ann. thanks for your call very much. Sorry we don't have any more time for anything else. We've got our news update coming up right now. So thank you again for your call, Anne. Judy, we're going to get to your call as soon as we get back from the break and then more on the text line as well. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Divendyke. You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. We got to thank everybody who's waiting patiently on the phone lines here on Garden Talk one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm Jay Thomas with Jill and Rick Van Diven-Dyke. Donna and Tim. Hang on, guys. We're gonna to get to your call shortly. But waiting the longest is Judy, who is in Rose Valley. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. Good morning.
4: Okay, I would like to ask about my raspberries. I've got some of the canes on there, you know, like that are turning. They've turned a really kind of a bluish green. Is that a blight in them?
2: You know, bluish green usually means that uh, a couple of things is one, you watch your moisture on them. Okay. And the other one is watching nutrient deficiencies. Okay. And so adding, adding compost around them, adding a, an organic uh, vegetable fertilizer around them, those kind of things. Okay. But, but usually bluish means that either you see they're too wet or too dry. Okay? okay. It could be either one of them or, and also nutrient deficiency. Okay. So just, um, just by adding some nutrients in that area, that, because a lot of times raspberries, people don't, they just leave them, right? They just keep, the patch keeps growing, they keep trimming them down, and the new ones come up every year, and yeah, they don't yeah. really do anything to the patch, right? And, and they run out of energy eventually, so.
4: Okay. Um, and then why would some of the, like, the, some branches have the leaves that are just black on them? Like,
2: if they're black, then, then you might have a, they have a twig blight. Are the, are the stems black, too?
4: Yeah, well, not really. No, okay. It it's just they would leaves are curled up and they're
2: really, really black. <laughs> so, well, because you, you can get a stem a stem uh, blight on them too. But your stems would turn a little blotchy black as well on the stems, as well okay. as your leaves are turned that color. And if that's okay. the case, if you see that, just take your pruners and cut those just cut those uh, canes right out. And you okay. can you can control it that way. Uh, you right. you can use a product called Bordeaux, but it's more of a it it's the best way to just to prevent it from spreading is by okay. just trimming the cane out and then sterilize your pruners quite often as well.
1: But with okay. your raspberry bushes, you want to make sure you're thinning them out, cutting out some of the old canes, yes. and allowing yeah. the new ones to come and do that on a regular yeah. basis, and then you don't get yeah. this disease. In the then.
2: third third year cane should always come out.
8: Mm-hmm. You bet. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot.
2: You're
0: welcome. Take care, Judy. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Okay, we're gonna go to who uh, in Saskatoon? I think we're gonna go to Donna right now. Hi, Donna.
9: Hello. Good morning. Good morning.
0: So, fools, huh?
9: Yeah. Um. So we they moved in, and I've been watching YouTube videos and listening to you guys on the radio, and it's yep. just super easy to catch these things. <laughs> We've dug the holes. We've inserted the tube-like uh, trap, and then, um, uh, but th- what the mole or vole is filling the tube up with soil, and the trap doesn't even go off. I need some.
2: <laughs> yeah. So that's you have. It's a mole that you have. Okay. Okay. Uh, the voles are are more on top of the ground, and and but the voles are the one that push that little mounds of dirt up okay that's a mole Uh and so the black hole trap is the best one so you just have to set it up properly so that you have it sticking out with the white you know the the hole sticking out so that's sunlight in And it has a little noose inside of it. So when they come up and try to, they'll try to push dirt up into there, but you'll just have to set it up so that they, um, um, you may just have to look on the internet and exactly the way you want to set it up. But, uh, but they work really well. I've, I've used them lots and they just setting up on, if you set them up at a bit of an angle too, uh, Uh works better too rather than straight up and down.
9: Okay. My, oh, well, straight up and down. Mine is horizontal. We've been these traps are like a circular tube with a you know a little mouse yep. trap type of effect. Yep. And we've been putting them in like horizontally. Nope. No, nope.
2: let them stick out of the soil so that the uh-huh. the round hole at the top is sticking, letting light in. Oh. Okay. Oh. That that little round hole in the top is letting light in, and he's going to want to go up and plug that hole. Okay. Okay. So the the top of the trap should be sticking out of the ground.
0: Okay. So then when he goes towards it to, get, to close he, that hole, that's up. why I mean
2: when it's on a little bit of an angle, sticking out of the out of thing, then he can climb up the tube easier because if it's vertically, he can't climb up that easy. Okay. Or if it's So so, it's, uh, so it should be just on a little bit of an angle so that the top the the round little round hole in the top that lets light in is sticking out of the soil. So now he crawls up, go toward the light, and then then that's when he gets caught.
9: Okay, I'll give that a whirl. Okay. Good. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Perfect. Good luck.
0: Okay. All right. Take you. care, Donna. All right. Bye. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I think we've got time for our other call here. Waiting nicely on the phone for us is Tina, who's in Battleford. Hi, Tina. Good morning. Oh, Tina might not be there right she's now. Well, she's maybe she's making her little. Uh... She's getting coffee. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go to the phone lines back in a second when we see if we can get Tina back on the line here. But we will talk to some some people on our text line right now. So Julie is in Battleford, speaking of which, uh, she's getting a corn problem. Sandy soil, very low nutrients, using organic veggie fertilizer and bone meal. Water regularly. The bottom leaves usually do yellow off. But this year, the second row of leaves have yellowed and some have browned and dried up from the tips. What could be happening yeah, to that
2: corn? Just moisture. Wha- watching. it the moisture level. So you're sticking your foot, your, your your finger into the soil and making sure you keep them at a consistent moisture. That's the number one. If they start yellowing up into the stalk, then it's either too wet or too dry. It'll do it every time. Mm, okay. So
0: just watching the moisture. Watching the moisture. Okay. We're going to go back to see if Tina's on the line with us at in Battleford. Good morning, Tina. Good morning. Good morning.
4: Um, I have a Manchurian ash mm-hmm. and the bark two feet up. Like it, it uh, two feet of it has bark, and the other half does not have any bark on it. What can I do to preserve that tree? It looks great, but I'm—I've been told it'll die. Yeah,
2: it will. Yeah. So yeah, the tree will—the tree will die. If mine had the same thing, and what happened? And we used to have that cottony psyllid a bunch of years, few years back. Yeah. That curled up the leaves, and I think they brought a fungal with them. Um, oh. and cause the stress with them because mine are doing the same thing where I'm losing the bark at the bottom of the tree and then I'm just losing branches in the whole tree in fact I cut just a few weeks ago I cut a whole tree down that oh, I, I lost wow. the bark on the, the tree didn't leaf out at all this year and, wow. uh, and I got other trees that are starting to do the same thing where the bark is falling off. And that, that started happening right after when we had the cottony psyllid, which was that, that bug, right, that curled up the leaves really bad.
9: Oh, okay, yeah.
2: And yeah. that's when it started to happen. So uh, sorry that to say that that tree is... Um,
1: so now it's a fungus. So should she do something, get rid of the tree sooner, or should she wait till it dies, maybe plant something that can start growing up beside it?
2: Yeah, it depends. What you, if you have space that you've got somewhere beside it, plant another tree so that you know, when you take this one down, you got one started already uh, or if you're going to plant in the same spot just hang on and then replant when this one dies.
4: Okay, yeah. Well, while it looks still looks really good. It's just the bark that Yeah, if the
2: bark's way. coming off, that's the lifeline to the tree, so it's just a matter of time. And it might take a couple
0: of years. Okay.
4: Okay. okay. okay, very good. Okay. Thank you very much. Yep. Take, take care. Yep.
0: Yeah, bye one is the number you call and you text and we're gonna get a couple texts in here before our break this is from uh steven who's in dundurn when do we stop fertilizing our trees are we too late yeah it's once you start
2: getting into into august i always say around july 15th august 1st is usually when i start Slow quitting or slowing down, shrubs and that you can get away with still fertilizing a bit right now, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. trees and and especially conifers like evergreens and pines and that kind of stuff, um, I definitely will quit by August first, even July fifteenth or so. Maples and birches absolutely uh, don't don't fertilize this late into the season because they won't drop their leaves and they won't turn color on you, and then you'll get some tip kill on them because they just want to keep growing.
0: And do we back off the watering now on those no those, no, no not yet the
2: watering you can still watering. Right now still that, that's okay because there's nutrients are still left over from if you've been fertilizing every month you know from May till now that's what I've been doing yeah yeah so you still have fertilizer in the soil so they they got lots of built up fertilizer there so that's not a problem it's just that moisture I mean if we get this next week is supposed to be up in the high twenties right up the thirties thirties yeah so you can't slow slow down the watering yet so but once we start getting the September long weekend then you can start. Giving enough to keep the tree alive, but don't overwater. Okay. And
1: don't stop fertilizing your annuals and vegetables. Yes. Keep fertilizing yep. those right up mm-hmm. until the end. Yep. That's so, so yep. important. Yep. Right now, we've been keeping them going and so healthy all summer long, and then we want to keep them healthy right up until yep. the end of ah, harvest. okay.
2: Because yep, they're going to die anyways. There's all an annual, right? It's yep. all lasts for one year, so you can fertilize that right to the end.
0: Yep. Keep it going until it yep. freezes exactly. over. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. We're going to talk to JJ and Prince Albert when we get back from our break uh, talking about poplars. Yeah, okay. And we're going to answer some texts when we get back as well. So stick around, more to come. I'm Jay with Rick and Jill. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. You're having as much fun as we are over here. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us here on Garden Talk. Uh, we've got texts to get to. We've got calls as well. I can't believe it's been great having everybody calling us today at one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Okay, uh, let's go to Prince Albert to start our calls. We'll get to our texts when we get done the calls, and we'll talk to JJ right now. Who's out there? Good morning. Uh, morning. How's it going? Very good. Good.
6: Dude, you guys have been doing the
0: show for a while, eh? <laughs> yeah. You bet. Yeah.
6: <laughs> Just a few days. Listen was it when I was when I was a kid. Um, so I got these uh, poplars that I, I replanted. They were uh, kind of branch off of my main uh, tree line, and uh, you know I made sure they had good handlebars on them. Yep. Planted them. They were doing well, um, but however, uh, we were you know, keeping water on them and everything, uh, trying to keep the weeds down, and they just they all turned black and died.
2: They turned black and died. Now the only thing started started from the top. Started from the top. Now the only th- problem we've been having with people the, the leaves have been turning black has been a leaf miner, and, and that's a, some kind of. Mite it's a it's a it's a, a fly that lays its egg on the leaves, and the, the the egg hatches and it goes in the between the two layers of leaf, and it eats out the inside of all the green chloroform, basically eats all the greenness out of the out of the thing and the leaves it just black left. Really?
6: Yeah, he killed killed the roots and everything.
2: Yeah, well, what happens on a young tree if it has no obviously no leaves, it just turns all the leaves all black. Then that young tree just needs those leaves to be able to create new roots, right? And so, so I'm I an older tree. Covenant? An older tree can handle it, but a young tree can't.
6: So, nothing I can put on them next year. Um, again, or?
2: Uh, what you can do is try again. But the problem is, if you have that uh, leaf miner in the area, um, it's it's really tough because there's no insecticides for it. That's the problem. Um, there used to be insecticides for them. They're all off the market right now because you need a, to, to get them, you need to, uh, have a, um, it's, it's basically like Lagon or Saigon, which it's like a systemic and there's no systemics, but you, what you probably could do. The best thing to put on there is, is just go start a treatment of, uh, of pyrethrin, which is a, which is like a, an ambush. And do it about okay. every ten to fourteen days. Spray them Great. so that you're just trying to get the fly or the larva before it goes into the into the leaf. Okay,
6: and that, that that'll affect all kinds of trees. You eh? just
2: poplars. Well, this this one affects mostly poplars. My neighbor had it just down the road had it. The whole I said I went over and looked at him because I said all the leaves were just totally black on them, and sure enough, yeah. it was a leaf miner. Yeah, yeah we i th- planted
6: found some red shrubs too, and those those same thing just died.
2: Yeah. So, well, no. normally leaf miners like the poplar the best because they're nice, nice soft tissue, and they get inside the leaf because the leaf's a thicker leaf, and they they don't normally go into that many shrubs, but uh, they do go into roses. Leaf miner do go into roses as well. Okay. And so they do like their they, they're picky, just like us. They'll they like <laughs> some plants other than others. So
1: now, if he's choosing a different tree to replace these ones with, um which tree would be best to replace um, them with?
2: The problem is the poplar grows so fast. So, but you I mean you can do maple. You can do. Mm-hmm. There's lots of maples out there. You can do other plants that that would do good, like even a linden or something like that, which don't, doesn't have it. But one thing nice about the right. poplar is it grows so fast to give you a quick windbreak, right? Right. That's, um,
6: that's, that's exactly right, yeah.
2: But uh, that, that if you open up the leaf, you'll see when they first start happening. You'll see the little worm inside the leaf. Okay. okay. You oh. can rip it open and you can see if that's what it is. I'm pretty
0: sure that's what you have. Okay. Thanks so much. Okay. Thanks a lot, Thanks AJ, for Take calling. care. Yep. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Let's go to Regina right now with our next call. and Talk to Veronica. Good morning, Veronica. Good
4: morning. How are, good. are you today?
0: Very good. Good.
4: Good. Last weekend you were talking about a mosquito barrier for your yard or something. Yes. Some kind of spray. What was
2: that? It's called mosquito barrier. And,
4: and what, what it is? is, is it's a-, a spray or
2: what? It's a spray. It's a liquid spray. It's a concentrate, and you put it into a, a sprayer so that uh, that you and you mix with water and you spray your shrubs lawn everything like and and it, it's a it's it's a natural product is concentrated garlic and uh you, like I said you you it's pretty strong when you first put it on but uh-huh. that's why uh, if i'm going to have people over or if i'm doing some things i'll and it'll, i'll put it on in the morning if i'm having a party at nighttime okay and uh then that that smell will be gone but it'll keep the mosquitoes at bay and as long as it doesn't rain it'll last for oh, quite a few probably almost a week so in your yard too Great. so
4: and there's that's good. and one more quick question yep. I planted my cucumbers a little bit late, like they're all flowering, like it's been over a few months already, they're all flowering and I
1: have no cucumbers on them. It's probably just going to take a little bit longer to do that. You might want to get some row cover or some frost blankets though, because uh, it's going to be later in the season when your fruit is starting to come on, and you'll need to extend the season
2: for How's that. your bees? Are you getting bees? Are you oh,
4: get... yeah, we have tons of bees.
2: Okay, so then are, are you starting to get fruit develop at all yet?
4: Yeah, it's, they're starting to come okay. or whatever. Okay, yeah. but some of my friends up north already have like lots of dills yeah. on there, yeah. and they planted way after me. So. You know,
2: well, you just what you can do is watch when the temperature drops below 5 degrees at night, then you want to put a blanket or something like that to keep them warm. So okay. that just a just a light sheet or a frost blanket, and then that way you'll get them to 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 ripen a lot quicker because that nighttime temperatures
0: will slow them down quite a bit. Right. Okay.
4: Okay. Thank you very much.
0: you welcome. Thanks for running Take care. Have a good day. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We don't have quite enough time for another call just at the moment, so hang on, Doug in Davidson, Connie and Saskatoon. We're gonna get to your calls as quick as we can here. I just use the mosquito barrier. In yep. my yard, and in fact, uh, to our to Veronica, who just called us about it, uh, you can actually buy two versions of it, right? You can buy just a bottle, you have yep. to put in a sprayer, yep. or there's one that has as,
2: a, a sprayer attached, right yeah, to it, right? a
0: sprayer attachment, and you yep. just simply hook, hook up the hose and yep. turn the thing on, and it mixes it as it as uses goes. it, right? right. Uh, I fi- I felt like it was a full 24 hours before the uh, the the smell kind of dissipated. I'd almost put it on like the day before the party you're going to have. It's strong. It's strong because I used it sort of like the morning of and we we're going to we we're kind of going to our hot tub that night and it still smelled pretty garlicky <laughs> out, out that night. The next day I found it was it was better and it, it, it's kept the mosquitoes away for quite a while actually. Yep, yep. It really has. Just it's sort
1: Caesar salad in the menu for the night and then you'll be fine. No one will know the
0: difference. <laughs> Caesar's and Caesar salad. Everybody's got yeah, garlic breath. Exactly. So. Uh, it, it but it does work really well so yeah. i i yeah
2: yeah i've used it for a wedding i've used it for family functions and and if it didn't
0: have it, we couldn't have them outside. Yeah. This is not not a chance. Yeah. I felt that it probably took at least 12 hours to really chase all the mosquitoes away. Mm-hmm. There was a good knockdown of numbers right away, yeah. and there was still some around, but the next day, there, it was, it was, better. It was it, much better. It yeah. depends
2: on the wind and everything else, too. Like, if there's a big wind like was blowing today out there, then, of course, some are going to blow into your area, right? That's right.
0: That's right. Okay, Doug and Connie, hang on. We're going to get to your text, and we get back. Right now, a news update for everybody. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van you You're listening to Garden Talk on 980 CJ. M E and 650 C K O M. Here we are, already halfway through the show, hour number two. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyke, and welcome to Garden Talk. Okay, we got calls to get to here. So Doug will be coming up right away, but first over to Saskatoon to talk to Connie. Good morning, Connie.
9: Good morning. How are good you
2: doing
0: mo- today? Very good. Excellent.
9: Good, I have a quickie question for you. Um, we are just uh, developed uh, de- in the midst of developing uh redeveloping our backyard mm-hmm. uh we've got um some mature um, junipers and such and I have purchased a couple of uh plants wanting to know if they would be suitable on the north side of a fence uh, wow. little prince spirea would that be something that would be?
2: It'll, it'll grow it'll grow fine but unless it gets at least four hours of sunlight um, okay. morning or nighttime doesn't matter it won't bloom as much okay
9: okay um, if we have uh, the nine barks for example the summer wine or the red Baron would that be a plant that would be suitable on that yeah extent?
2: not not quite as as dark of a purple okay mm-hmm. they'll be more washed out and they'll grow they'll, a lot slower and they'll grow oh, more spin more spindly not as full okay.
9: Um, Wigilia, the Minuet.
2: Yeah, Minuet, there again, they'll need at least four hours to get the flowers. You won't get very many flowers with only that much sunlight. But
1: mine is growing great on my north side of the house, but it's not getting flowers. Yeah,
2: yeah, the plant plant will do fine, it just won't get as many flowers.
9: Okay, and what about, um, your store has such beautiful, uh, hydrangeas, I purchased a firelight, um, would that one be suitable?
2: That one would be suitable there, again, to get the bigger blooms on it. Oh. Uh, it. It needs to have at least a morning and evening sun.
9: Oh, morning and evening. Yep. Yeah.
2: That'd be, that be, ah. then you'll have lots of blooms. Uh, they will still do okay there, but just won't be as many blooms because they, oh. in order to turn the color, like the, especially the firelight where it turns a just almost a ready pink color, especially as the season goes along, you know, if you <laughs> want to get that brilliant colors, it needs a, it needs some of that direct sunlight, not, not, not the hot afternoon sun, but it needs some at least morning and evening sunlight.
1: Yeah. A plant oh. that would do well for you, um, is move, moving into a few perennials, like there's some larger perennials that you can do. You can do, uh, beautiful bleeding hearts, which will get to a medium to large size bush. Um, you can do ligularia, the rocket or othello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So either you'll get a tall yellow spike and these huge elephant ear type flowers on them. The, I mean, b- leaves on them. That, that bush gets probably about maybe three feet by four yep. feet. Um, it's quite, quite large and quite impressive. And you can get a daisy flower and also a tall spike flower on it too. And some so, of the
2: hostas are just huge and all different colors on the leaves yeah, as well. Yeah.
1: So moving into to some of, these, um, some of these perennials too, um, if you're wanting to get some color, uh, that might be more of your, your best bet in, in sort of that deep shade location.
9: For sure. Um, I do have some um, um, like globe cedars back there. They're kind of iffy. I think they're a little bit too, they're pa- packed too tight now they're growing together. Yep. Um, um, if you were to do a variety, like could you put a mugo, like a dwarf mugo back back there?
2: No, no. no. dwarf mugo means more sun.
9: Okay. Um, yep. and if we were to do a um, my beds are a little bit too deep and I'm looking at um, some kind of a ground cover for example, um, a juniper of some su- site some yep. type that doesn't get very, very tall, yep. what would you recommend?
2: I would recommend Calgary carpet.
9: Calgary carpet, okay. Yep. Great, right. Thank you again. I do appreciate your show and um, love, love listening to you guys every Sunday. Ah, thanks, Connie.
0: Thanks. That's, that's great. great.
9: Thank you again. Bye-bye.
0: alright three three two eight two five five. That's That's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I find with my hydrangea that I really can't get it to bloom until it gets some aluminum sulfate. It's like it'll just kind of be green, nothing green,
2: yeah. going on. Yeah, Just like You'd, pH to your on 6.5 yeah, to 7, I, it'll be way I, better. And I,
0: hardier, too, yeah. if you do that. Dump a little bit, mix it with water, yep. give it that, some fertilizer, and then all of a sudden it gets its flowers yep. to pop. to pop. But until I do that, it's just a green... Yeah. Sticky right. shrub yeah. in the corner. As yeah. like, soon as I give it the aluminum sulfate, that's it why puts the flowers see, out.
2: That's why you see hydrangeas mostly in BC and Ontario where the soils are more acidic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're putting lime to make things grow. We're doing we're putting sulfur to make things grow here. <laughs> the opposite. It's opposite. So. Right, yeah. And so that's why they have some so beautiful. And so that's why they would develop the hardiness. But if you want the, the, the hardiness and the color and the vigorous, then lower the ph
0: yeah mine's just white flowers anyways so there's no color to really get but it man it needs that before it wants us it does
2: does, just has just like us we have to have our micronutrients you know to be able to just to be able to combat everything to make us healthy
0: let's go to davidson right now and we'll talk to doug who's on the line good morning doug hi how are you good you want to talk about a cherry tree
10: yes we got uh some 10 year old cherry trees uh they were planted about 10 or 15 feet from a caragana hedge, and they've grown like <laughs> yep out of control, basically. They're suckering on both sides around, and, and some of the suckers have fruit on and some of them don't. Yep. And uh, we're wondering if we can transplant those and if we need to pair, pair them when we transplant no, them. No, they're,
2: they're self-pollinating, so they don't need to be paired. Okay. And so best to move them when they're dormant, though when the leaves are off the plant
10: wait till they get yep. the leaves right yep. okay and uh, uh how much pruning in a tree stand like the trees lots are 10 feet high now and yep. we want to get them back down to where we can reach the fruit yep.
2: not a problem go at her and, and thin thin them out at the same time you know do okay. some thinning on it as well so they're not so thick inside yeah they
10: they were just loaded this year with fruit so
2: yep. yeah they're this crop is great. I mean, and this is the time of the year when they start really producing. That's why I like if you want nice fruit, grow a hascap for fruiting in June, Saskatoon for fruiting in July and a sour cherry for in you know, August. And you'll have lots of fruit all summer long.
10: Yeah, and there lots of robins
2: too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, definitely.
10: They they must text each other. I think when, <laughs> when the fruit's ripe, they just show up
2: in droves. Well, especially hazcap. If you have those ones, because that's the first berry to come out in June, they okay. go. Oh, my word, there is berries in June, and they just all, especially with the cedar waxwings, find out that the trees is shaking because <laughs> they're yeah. just having a party. <laughs> they're having a party in there.
10: We've got a. Uh, uh, blah, uh, other cherry tree uh, beside it, and, and it was loaded with fruit this year, too, and we've got more uh, birds than we've ever seen before <laughs> around the yard here.
2: Yeah, you track, track You put berries in, you're going to attract lots of, of wildlife, so that's perfect. Okay, thank okay?
0: you. Have a good one. Take care, Doug. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Let's stick with the cherry thing for a second because yep. we have got Larry who's sent us a text in Saskatoon, yep. and it's he says it's the first time at trying to make wine with crab apples. So I guess they're kind of related. They're yep. not cherries, but yep. crab apples. I've got all the proper ingredients, and instructions. Can though? Is it possible to know how long an apple is worthy for consumption after it falls on the ground? So he wants to know if he can use the ones that have hit the ground yep. to make the wine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Just you'll you be
2: able to tell when they get soft, right? So the, if they've gone the to mush. Gone the to mush then then mm, no. not. But no others. If they're still hard and absolutely okay. we used to as kids we used to pick the apples off the ground all the time and eat them. So, probably yeah. the mushy ones too. No, <laughs> I did like mushy. Well, you take one bite and <laughs> throw it away.
1: Well, and you will find that some people, if they, they find that they can't get to their yard, they'll actually put like a tarp or something like that to help the apples not touch the ground. And that will help them last yeah. a little bit longer right. on the
0: ground. On the, too. Ground. On the yeah. ground. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's an idea is, you know, spread something out like that, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You could also kind of rig up a sort of net underneath yep. of them, so you don't have to put it on your uh, lawn to kill the lawn. Yep. something just to catch them as they exactly. kind of drop. So there's, there's some ways around that. Now,
2: one comment, too, though, is that if you do have an apple maggot and the worms inside of the apples, you best, as soon as you notice the apples with the worms in them, start picking them and getting them out of the yard. Because mm. once the apples hit the ground, the, the worm goes out and into the ground and goes into the pupa stage, which is now for the, for the whole winter. And then they come out next, next again, June, July type of thing as a fly and they'd start the cycle all over again. So if you do have them, pick them, get them out of the yard, put them in the garbage.
0: Let's get one more text in before the break. Cody's in Saskatoon says, good morning. Was wondering why everything I plant in front of my house to climb up a trellis seems to die in the heat. I've tried some high heat flowering vines and high heat flowering rose. Uh, vines that died earlier this year didn't even survive the summer. Planted at two thirds up the root, and not sure why the vine or roses in the general in that general area always are dying on there. It's south facing, gets lots of sun and heat yeah. against the house.
2: Just because when you first plant them, you you gotta really watch the moisture. And what happens is the root ball is drying out. So it's not that the the soil is not hot, hot Not. It's just that when the leaves are sucking moisture out of the root ball. And people say the soil is wet yeah the soil is wet but the root ball dries out mm. so until it gets established you have to stick your finger into that root ball to make sure you keep that root ball hydrated as you know so it's the root ball itself not the it's soil not, it's around not it.
0: pulling s- moisture from the soil around it yet it's and, only and also when you ball.
2: when you plant the plant to just tickle the roots what i call tickle roots to so loosen up the roots just on the outside edge of the ball mm-hmm. so that the roots are sticking will stick out into the soil around them cuz you know when the the pot it makes them, the the all the roots flat right and sort of circular yeah. circular inside the pot packed in so just take your fingers and don't rip the root ball all apart but just sort of tickle the roots so that they'll be out The roots will be touching the soil outside that root ball and that'll, that'll help you a lot. So Cody,
0: Cody should be able to get something to grow here. Yeah. And I would
1: also take like Mike, like the mycorrhizome and sort of as you're tickling those roots, sort of rub that on the edge of the roots and that will help increase the surface area on those roots, allowing it
0: to soak up more moisture too. Perfect. That's M Y K E. That's the product we're talking about there.
2: And some mulch around the soil, especially when you put clematis because clematis like cool roots, hot top.
0: Okay, so okay. and the mulch will actually help hold more moisture in yeah. there yeah. without exactly. letting it but, escape. But then, but then you
2: still need to stick your finger into that root ball because that's sort of self-deceiving. You think, oh, I got mul- moi- I can't see the soil or I can't see anything, so I'm thinking, oh, well, because I put mulch in, there's lots of moisture.
1: And you don't need to plant your plant too deep. I know she said she planted this, put the soil a little bit yeah. up, Plant at the same, same level that it is planted in the pot. Pot. So All ah, right. So don't go any deeper than that,
0: and there's mulch. And a don't stick bit on it out top. any high, higher either because nope. it'll exactly. just dry out. Yeah. Okay, Cody. Good luck with that. Hopefully, you can get that uh, that taken care of. We're going to take a quick break. We have got uh, maybe a call coming up. We've got Brenda's text, Majory, uh, Janet, who else? Brad and Dundurn, Vinny. Oh, there's so many more here. So we'll get to some of these when we get back. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyven Dyke. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME, 650 CKOM. Zoom in through garden talk, but we're still going to get to your calls and texts. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendijk. Thanks for joining us in the show today. We're going to talk about, uh, getting rid of spider mite for Janet's plant indoors in a second, uh, a text that has come in. But first we're going to Regina for the phone calls and Mel is with us. Good morning, Mel. Good morning.
3: I have a weed in my, in my lawn. It might be crabgrass. It's uh, leafy and a real long root.
2: Okay, it could be plankton then. It's probably plankton. Go ahead. And and how do you get rid of it? Yes. Okay, two ways you get rid of it. One is by just pulling it, and you got to use one of those dandelion forks by getting down and getting as much of that root as you can. Or you can use, uh, 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 like a 2,4D a works okay. And I find that we'd be gone with iron probably is the best one to use for it. Okay. And even Roundup, even Roundup I find doesn't work that great on that one. Okay. Roundup, I would kill. Well, if you just a lot of times I'll just paint it on the leaves, right, with a paintbrush with a little sponge brush.
3: I'm, I might not be explaining this too well. It it almost blends right into the grass, and I, I watered this morning and I pulled a bagful out, real long by hand, real long root. Came out quite easy after I watered
2: it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and are, they, are they a bigger leaf or does it look like the grass leaf?
3: It, it almost looks like, well, it's a leaf, it's a leaf, definitely a leaf with, with branches.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's probably, like I said, it's probably with long root that goes down. Sometimes called, it's called, if you can look it up, it says called plankton. Plankton. And, yeah. And, um, and uh, the, like I said, it's a, it has a really long root, and if you leave any of that root in the ground, it'll it'll just start growing it again. So pulling
1: um, it is a great way to do it. So
2: pulling it is probably the best way to do it, but you yeah. can use a 2,4-D. You can use Roundup. doesn't work quite as good, I find, with that one. Or you yeah. can use the be Gone. And it has an iron base to it rather than a 2,4-D base. That works good, too. Okay. Well, and, doesn't, and those ones, except for the Roundup, but those other two, um, like Kalex or the Weed Be Gone, don't hurt the lawn.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Yep. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mel. Good luck. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. 1 877 332 Janet sent us a text saying, I have an indoor colocasia. Did I say that right? Yeah. yeah colocasia. Okay. Colocasia. Has spider mite. I've sprayed it with uh, Andol twice. They're still here. Took it outside yesterday, sprayed it top and underside of the leaves with Malathion. Not sure yet if all the spiders are dead. First question is, can I spray it again? Second question is, do spider mites live in the soil? Would changing that help? Should I cut any old leaves off?
1: Well, usually if you're spraying, you want to wait at least 10 days between sprays. Yep. So that's really important. Um, but what I find works really well and what we usually do with Colocasia, the Colocasia in our greenhouse, is we take a tub of water. So you can usually use a sink or a bathtub and fill it up with water and then just sort of lay your plant on its side. Now, colocasias, they can actually even be a water plant. So they, they can survive the moisture quite well. And by submerging those leaves, you're actually going to suffocate any spider mite that's on there. Oh, I'm um, just
2: using water. Just, and you just, just drowning them out basically. Just drowning them yep. out and
1: leave them under there for like maybe an hour or two and then bring them back up again, wipe down those leaves and you'll probably have a pest free plant. And you're not
2: gonna stick the whole soil pot inside. They're just all the leaves. Yeah. Right. So
1: sometimes I will like maybe stick stick like a something to balance the pot on and then just sort of
0: into yeah. the leaves Or underneath. Or tie a bag around the yeah. pot so that all the soil doesn't dump out into your bathtub, yep. for yep. example. Yep. Right, Exactly. But, but find a way to tip it over so that you can get all the leaves into the yep. water. Just let it sit there and soak. Yep. And yep. it'll probably be rid of or, that. Or, it's gone.
2: Although, another way you could do it too is you make a, a little container with some, um, some end all in it and you submerge every leaf right into it. Because spraying underneath, you don't get all the little crevices and everything else where you submerge it in. You're going to coat that bug Totally. Mm-hmm. And then they so just. What about,
0: what about some end all in your bathtub? Would that be fine? You, you well, definitely can mix yeah. it in with the water.
2: Except it's canola oil, so you have to clean your bathtub.
0: Well, later okay. From.
1: Use a little Dawn dish soap let yeah. to get the
0: okay. oil out. That'll <laughs> work. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So some ideas for you, Janet. Good luck with that. Uh, this is Brad, who's in Dundurn, says, I have an apple tree. Notice it had a dead branch in the spring. Uh, it grew yellow leaves. And now notice it spread to more branches. Almost a third of the tree now. Should I cut off the third now or wait for the fall? The apples still grew on the dead branches.
2: Yeah, so what happening, what's happening, there's a couple things that could be happening. One is you might have got some sun skull or something like that on the bark. You see discolouring or peeling of the bark, and then you have some sun sculling, so that means there's damage on the bark itself. Another thing I've just noticed, I was driving through uh, Lakeview, part of Lakeview, going to my daughter's house here uh, this last week, and I noticed that there's mountain ashes and there's poplars and everything else is very chlorotic because all the leaves are turning mm-hmm. yellow. And so that's a that's a pH problem again, okay? Because what's happening? The plants are lacking iron, and they can't get the iron because the pH is the wrong pH is too high. So you need to use that aluminum sulfate or sulfur lower the pH so the plant can take it up. But in the meantime, you also can feed them just a supplement of iron as well. So now
1: I know we're not supposed to fertilize, so doing that and adding iron is that included nope. in the fertilizer nope.
2: no that wouldn't be okay. so brad can
0: brad can add some iron right now yeah,
2: it's it's nitrogen that i want to keep away from gotcha. and force them to grow but all those other micronutrients it'll make him hardier and better and better as well so so just checking checking doing a ph test checking the around that apple tree checking the ph of the soil and uh and then adding the right nutrients for the plant to do
0: better Okay. So there you go, Brad. That hopefully that helps you out yep. there. Let's uh, let's see where we're we going with this. We've got, we've only got one minute. So Maureen, hang on. We're going to get to your call. We want to make sure we have enough time to answer your call. Hang on for us. We're going to get to that after the break. Let's get one more text in before we can go to our break here. Good morning. We're developing flower beds with old and new plants. There's a granular product, for trees and shrubs, miracle Grow. Can I fertilize with that? It's Vinny in Saskatoon.
1: If it's a granular product, it's probably a slow-release fertilizer. So if he's got trees and shrubs in there, it's best not to apply Don't the slow-release yep. fertilizer right now. You mm. always want to do your slow-release fertilizer
2: in the spring. early
1: in the spring. Yep. So what I would suggest as you're planting it, make sure you're using a mycorrhizome like Mike's to get those roots nice and healthy and growing, but do not fertilize it this yeah, time. You of can year.
2: use a root starter, a root booster, yeah, like which is which is uh, basically a, it's a second number, and it even has some acid in there to get the roots grow. Uh, stimulated to get growing yeah so you can use a root booster to get them started and that would be what i would use And it would
1: just be one application. and you can
2: use the root booster along with mics as well exactly. so you can use them both
0: speaking of roots this is uh barbara who's in saskatoon wanted to buy a principia shrub i think i'm saying principia right. principia okay yep. well there we go see i learn something new every day yeah it was not av- it was not available so i took some stem cuttings yes. some of them in the water and in potting soil i used root gel number three yep i have roots now what do i plant the plant it outside and will they winter okay or what what's the step yeah, to do you, with that right they're now they're pretty
2: tough you can plant them outside um just a matter of um you know uh, you could plant them out right now if you wanted to and They'll uh, be okay just, for just, winter just have to make sure that you keep them moist okay Because yeah. so they have roots so they're going to be able to take up but don't let them with the heat don't let them dry out um principia there's an old. it's an old plant so you don't see them around as much anymore they're very they're prickly they have thorns in them um nice little plant
0: yeah, okay. Yep. So they they'll be fine, Barbara. Get them outside and into the into the soil. Yep. Let's take a quick break. Maureen's call is coming up and more tech's on your way. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 C J M E and 650 C K O M. Just half an hour left here in Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Divendike. Thanks for joining us. Hope you're enjoying your August Sunday. Uh, like I said earlier in the show, enjoy every last second of it because we know, unfortunately. The other days are getting a little bit shorter, and we know what's going to come down the pipe. We're not going to talk about it right now, but it's summer right now. But
2: also this time of the year, you're starting to reap the benefits of your harvest in your garden. Yeah, all that work you did. One of the
1: things I love about fall, too, is um, we have spent all of our time making our yards perfect, and everything's looking all lush and green. And the evenings we have a little bit cooler temperatures, so putting on that little fire in the backyard and enjoying a nice evening in the backyard it, is so nice. It's so and calming, the, and the
2: colors start coming out in this time of the year too, all your flowers and that. So it's
1: and I always like to, for my kids, I put a little outdoor movie theater in the backyard fun, yeah. in the fall, and they bring out their pil- their um, sleeping bags and, and blankets, yeah. and we can really enjoy the backyard yeah. because things have stopped slowing down. Where you're like, I need to make the most of this summer day at the lake, and you can actually enjoy it at home.
0: I just discovered that we brought a little projector and we opened the cover on our uh, our new hot tub. Yep. You can put the projector right on the inside cover. (laughs) Sit there and watch the Ryder game while you're in the hot tub. There you go. It's pretty good. Soak-in theater. Exactly. Soak-in theater. Okay. (laughs) Not a drive-in theater, a soak-in theater. We're going to go to the phone lines here. Gord's coming up right away, but first, waiting patiently. Thanks, Maureen, for waiting in Saskatoon. Good morning, Maureen.
8: Oh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I've got a question about my cucumbers. I... um, I don't have much gardening space, but I do have a trellis along my back fence that I've been uh successfully growing cucumbers for the last couple of years uh this year I put in um uh, it's about 24 feet long, but I put in uh half of them are national pickling and half are straight eight um i I'm having problems with uh seeing any pickles coming, especially on the straight eights. Um I keep checking for the female and the male blooms etc to me it doesn't look like there is many uh female blooms on there so I don't know um is are they late this year because of the heat or yeah. Do you know? It was really
1: wet in the early part of the season and then it was really hot so it, the watering was a little bit of an issue for people to stay consistent especially early on in the season um, the other thing to watch with your cucumbers is, it, is make sure that you're seeing lots of bees for pollination um, it's really really important that we're getting those bees in pollination so adding some nasturtiums, some marigolds, um, some different plants that have flowers that will attract the bees to your cucumber um, zucchini, squash, all those things they need those bees, otherwise you have to be the bee and you can take off some of those um male flowers or take a q-tip and sort of go and rub them around into the flowers if you still have the flowers it's not too late to start doing that now you'll start getting a little bit of fruit make sure you grab some blankets or some row cover because they will not be ripening until it starts getting a little bit cooler and at al- night.
2: also making sure that you're you're using a a, a good um, uh, organic type of vegetable fertilizer yes. to promote that growth and protect- Promote that healthiness so that you do get more of your female flowers as well.
8: Okay, I've just been using the Miracle Grow for um, vegetables.
2: Yeah, but the Miracle Grow for vegetables—you'll if you look at them, there's not a whole lot of micronutrients in them, right? So uh-huh. so go go with uh go with another one like from the company from Dirt and Grow or Evolve or something like that where there's more n- micronutrients than there is n- nitrogen and those kind of things. A
4: kelp and yeah, it has is it kelp. Chelate? It has calcium. Is it too late this year.
2: Nope. You can nope. even add still right now. Absolutely. Right up until you're finished harvesting.
1: And one of my favorite cucumbers, if you want to try something new, is called Cool Breeze cucumber. It's a really good eating cucumber, mid-sized cucumber. So if you want to try a few of another cucumber, and it's also one thing about them is um, they are asexual, so you don't need the two types yeah, of flowers. Yeah, I'm, I'm
8: growing specifically for um, making pickles.
2: Oh, for making okay, pickles. Yep. Okay.
8: Yeah, I've yep. got lots of sweet success. <laughs> We're yeah, giving away cucumbers. <laughs> Our neighbors love yeah. us.
2: But but yeah, uh, we had even people. Someone called another caller called earlier in the show and he says his his pickling cucumbers were coming late as well so i think that's just the season as well
8: one other question if i am using the q-tip don't i have to find a female
2: yeah, you still have to have female and males. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
8: well, I can't find any
2: Yeah, so that's where you'll, you'll have to, like I said, with the lateness of the sea of, of the sp- spring season and a lot of what's happening and just a matter of getting lots of new growth so that you get lots of new growth and having more chances of getting more different types of flowers.
8: Okay I'll, okay, I'll make sure next year I plant a row of marigolds right in front of them. <laughs>
2: yeah, there you go. They also <laughs> okay. keep other insects away from the plants, too, so it's a good companion plant. Yeah.
8: Okay, well, okay. thank you very
0: much. Best of luck with all that, Maureen. Thanks yeah, a lot. Bye. Bye. One eight seven seven let us go to Gord, who's in Saskatoon. Bleeding hearts, you want to talk about, right, Gord?
8: Yes,
7: I planted them inside this spring. I got two of them. They then put them outside in the spring, and I thought that they were doing quite well. I got a few blossoms, but now they all the leaves have turned yellow.
1: So sometimes you'll find the bleeding hearts will go dormant in the late part of the season, especially when it turns really Pretty hot. hot. Yeah. So I will find that um, putting some mulch around the base of the plant, it really does help. And Early on in the season, make sure you're doing lots of pinching and pruning with your plants. Now, too. your
2: plant, is it in, in, in the shadier spot or is it in the hot sun? It, it's in the shadier spot. Okay, good. Yeah.
1: Good. Um, also, good. be fertilizing often. So um, make sure you're using just an all-purpose fertilizer is fine. Even a 20 20 fertilizer is great for those bleeding hearts. Um, you can fertilize maybe twice a month, and uh, that will okay. keep them nice and green too. You may even want to add a little extra iron.
0: Okay. Okay. Thanks very much, Ken. You're thanks. Welcome. Good luck with that. Take care, Gord. Okay. Bye. one Let's do a couple texts before we get to the kind of lightning round. We're going to get as many as we can answered. This is, let's see, Perry in Weyburn. I've got two lavender shrubs. I can't get them to flower. What am I doing wrong? They're getting morning sun and afternoon shade. Lavender. And you can't get them to flower, they said, right? Yeah. He's got two lavender shrubs. Can't get them to flower.
2: It just matter of maybe adding a, a more of a phosphorus style fertilizer to that
0: area. Okay, phosphorus is which number? Second number. Second number, okay.
1: And the other thing I find with lavenders, if they're not getting enough sunlight, they're not going to flower for you. So they need at least eight hours of sunlight.
0: Eight, that's quite a bit.
1: So that hot afternoon sun, so the south or west exposure, that three o'clock in the afternoon, you want that beating heat on the lavender. Perry is saying
0: afternoon shade, so that might mean just transplanting them, right? Yeah, take
1: a nice big root ball and move them in In the the fall. fall Or early spring and uh, yeah. and they should have some great success. With
0: so them. might just be the wrong area for those plants, yeah. Perry. You just might have to switch their spot. The green them. leaves, they'll
2: grow there, but they just won't produce the flower. Because, exactly. you know. And
0: that's what everybody's looking for with yeah. lavender, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the point. Uh, Sherry in Lumsden says, do strawberry plants have a life cycle? The plants are well over 15 years old, and they were here when we moved here. The plants look super healthy, but very few blossoms and yeah. fruit. I've been fertilizing, wondering if I should move them or plant new ones. No,
2: they, you can leave them if you want. Okay, but um, um, what you need to do is add more of an organic compost in amongst the plants or more of an organic-based fer- fertilizer as well, not just a straight, you know, 20-20-20 or a miracle Grow 15 15-30-15 or whatever. You or need just to, run off of the grass you or need whatever. To, you need to get the more of the organic types of fertilizers in there. It's very important. And uh, also, you've got to remember, like, the, the big strawberry farms – they replant every year.
1: Yeah, so they take okay. the runners. You can cut the runners off yep. and then replant the runners. Yep. And then they'll actually take the old plants out and just use the new plants. So
2: so you have to rejuvenate. So sometimes you want to get rid of some of your... Leave some of your runners growing in your bed and then get rid of some of the old, old, and old, old, old the plants. And get the new ones.
8: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Yeah, so you can rejuvenate. So there's nothing wrong with that. Yep. You might have to do that and, and the fertilizer A thing. great yes. new
1: variety that they might want to try is called Seascape. A nice big strawberry will produce all season long.
0: Mm. Okay, good stuff. Uh <laughs> let's see i'm a compulsive gardening addict love it love it it's, it's cost me my job and several relationships over the years <laughs> Oh, okay gardening can be therapy <laughs> the question is how do i keep my girlfriend from leaving me all i can think about is gardening
1: you know what there's so many memes about this on the internet right now um about people coming to the store and using all of their money and buying these plants and then they're they live in a jungle <laughs> um good on you enjoy those plants and maybe find there's lots of women out there go on the plant yxc website plant yxc or or join some plant groups and find another woman you just gotta find somebody who's just as crazy Crazy. about it as you are exactly Exactly. have that passion together
0: i don't know if there's an app for that but maybe there is (laughs) (laughs) thanks for the great the great laugh this morning we're gonna talk about uh verbenum what else uh hmm Something that somebody wants to send a text in about, we'll talk about that. Some more texts coming up. One from Brent, another one from Les in Corning. So some more coming your way. Stick around. The lightning round is up next. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980CJME and 650CKOM. It is the lightning round here on Garden Talk. And we've got texts to get to. We want to make sure we get them all answered okay, as best as cool. we can. So here we go. Uh, Les in Corning, is it okay to pick cucumbers when the plants are wet? I don't know why not. Wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter? No. No, Okay, go for it. Uh, This is somebody, don't know who, but it's a good question. Recently transplanted several indoor plants. It seems like little bugs or flies are in the soil. Yep. Put the yellow sticky tapes in each pot. Yep. They're coated with the little flies. Yep. Okay, well, you're getting the adults. Yes. I've uh, read that treating the soil with one peroxide, three parts water, could destroy the flies. Is that a good idea you, or not? You
1: can definitely do that. I've heard of that, too.
0: It, it dehydrates the, the worm inside the soil, right? Okay. That's one thing you can do. Yep.
1: Nematodes are another thing. Nematodes. I know, Jay, you've had success with yes. them. It's
0: called pot poppers. Pot poppers. Yep. You can get them. There's different kind of versions of that. Different companies yep. make them. And they are nematodes meant for indoor plants. Indoor yep. They're little tiny beads, basically. And you mix them into the soil you keep them moist and they hatch and they just go and seek well, and destroy. that's it. that's it you just put them on the soil kind of mix it into the yeah. top keep yeah. the soil moist and in a week there was no more flies so yeah gone. exactly I, I also gone.
1: if you have a really bad infestation I'll take my vacuum and go through and yep. try and vacuum up as Otherwise, much of the adults
0: as possible piece of potato
2: too. If you have potatoes, put a sliced potato on there and then they'll go the next day and they'll be all on the potato and you throw that piece of potato away and you put another little so that's, potato.
0: So that's the really inexpensive way of doing yeah. it. Yeah. When I use the nematodes, you put it in once, you keep it watered. It's done. That was it. And with yeah.
1: the done. potato too, it also draws any of the larva up to the surface so you can remove that top skiff of yep. soil and that gets rid of that larva yep. too.
0: We've got Benji in Saskatoon. I've got a four-year-old bur oak tree that is really growing well in height. Anything I can do to promote it branching out bushing out no, growing it, in width
2: it, it'll do that as it comes uh, when it's young it'll always want to put height up and not so much branch out um because you don't want to cut the tip of of it off because that's one way you get branching but then you're gonna have two liters or you have a crooked leader so just leave it it'll it'll branch out it'll thicken
0: out don't worry Okay, so just yep. keep going. Keep we going. Fertilize
1: going. often in early part of the season. Yeah, yeah
0: not mm-hmm. stopping now, stopping right? Now. We're not doing that now, yep. but next week or next year, I should next say, year. get it going early in the spring yep. and keep it going. Okay, yep. uh, this is Brent near Moose Jaw says, hi, you guys. Great show as always. Thanks, Brent. We cut down some old, I think, ash trees in front of our house. They're rotten uh, and susceptible to wind, so good idea. Yep. Now mm-hmm. we have suckers coming up. Can I let one sucker grow on each tree to grow a tree in that spot?
2: Yeah, they, that's coming from the base of from the trunk. You know, from this, it's not really coming from the root. A sucker comes from the root. This is a sucker coming uh, coming right from the trunk that he left when he cut it down. Right. They will grow up. Uh, the only thing I gotta watch for because uh, the, they can be they can be uh, fairly weak um, depending on how they're coming off the trunk itself.
0: Right. It might not be a yeah.
2: So it might not be a good growth coming off where it could just split off to get a bigger win but otherwise if, if it's and you may have to
0: stake it too to to make it be strong and be straight okay okay dave is in allen he said i planted four grapevines last year i want to move two of them next year fall or spring spring big root ball or do i pr- do i prune pr- them after moving
2: Prune them uh, before or after moving. doesn't matter. So it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, but I do it in the spring as, as quick and, as you can as soon as the frosts out of the ground. Big I'd root? probably
1: prune them before moving because then you don't have as much yeah. dead plant to. I sometimes, with.
2: in the fields when I used to dig, I used to dig them up and then prune them before yeah. I put them in a pot. That's so true. it's either way, it doesn't matter.
0: Big root ball to go with it? Uh, as much root as you can. As much root as you can yeah. in the spring. Okay. Yeah. So there you go, Dave. Uh, this is Kim in Looseland. I dug up a number of little seedlings around the yard this spring. Transplanted them into pots. Most have done well, but need to hold them over till next spring. What's the best way? The trees are deciduous. So they're they're green trees. They're not evergreens. Yeah. Bury the pot and all into the garden.
1: Yeah. Dig them right into the
2: ground. Pot and everything. Pot and everything. Yeah. Next spring, lift the pot out of the ground. Yeah. Keep those seedlings. That's the best way to keep them so that they'll be good. Water (laughs) water them well, stick them in the ground, and
0: then. You uh, can even mulch around them, right? If you leave them on
2: top of the ground, you'll have trouble. They'll they'll, they'll freeze. You'll you'll freeze. freeze They
0: will not
1: survive. But you
0: should be able to keep them over until next spring and then you can pull them back up and move them where you want to move them in the spring. Exactly. Exactly. Right? Okay. Uh, Let's go to... Who is this? Not sure, but have some volunteer spruce trees about one to three feet tall. When's the best time to transplant? How big of a root ball? Yeah. You can start doing that in September if you want or otherwise move
2: them as soon as the frost is out of the ground in the spring.
0: Okay, and take as much soil as you can. Yeah. Right, good, just
2: good. bird. Don't go bare root if you can. Try to take a ball of earth with it. That's the best way to move them. They water wonderful. them in well in the winter time too. If the taller they are, one foot moves easier. Three foot, you need to take more root with it.
0: All right, so that's okay. taking a bigger so, hole. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, get your get your spade sharpened for that. Yep. Uh, Tim Saskatoon says potatoes have scabbed little like lesions yes. over the last two years. What's yep. going on?
2: Rotate your crop. Don't plant in the same spot. You got too much compost or too much manure, manure compost. or something in that area where that's why you're getting it and now you got that 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 scab, uh, sort of what I call disease or what do you want to call it? Yeah, fungal. Uh, fungal in the soil. So you need to rotate. You need to go into a different spot and try not to go back in that spot for two years.
1: And then watch your watering too. So you don't want to, your potatoes like to be a little bit drier. So yep. make sure you don't have them too wet.
0: Can you believe we've got through all the texts? What? Oh, awesome. We've I think actually got That was lightning round. That <laughs> was the lightning round. Thanks for all the texts that have come in today. That's been great. So I guess here we are. Oh, you know what? Sorry, I got a couple more. I okay, got a couple go. more. Does verbena, vi, verbenum? Ver, verbenum? Yep. Verbenum, yep. Viburnum? Viburnum? Viburnum. Viburnum. Okay, there we go. Look, <laughs> there I can't read. Go. <laughs> Need acidic soil? This is Lorna in Grandora. Uh, not necessarily.
2: They can be an alkaline. Ver, verbena is... Um, uh, viburnium, viburnium, viburnium. Okay. That's cranberry is cranberry, wafering tree. That's all in that one. So they do okay in a little more alkaline soil, but a basic soil of pH of seven, they do best in.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, last, Ange is in Lumsden. Two questions. Rick's email. Rick at DutchGrowers.com yep. okay. It's where you can send some pictures to because she's got something eating her roses and that's the best way it is to send yep. some pictures yep. in because we yep. can't do it over the phone or over the, the text service we have here. Yep. And where can I find a Mosquito Barrier? Lots of places. Yeah, A lot a of, lot Dutch of growers. garden centers you, garden, you can find most, it.
2: A lot of garden centers. Some of the chain stores will even have it and there's places too.
0: I think I've seen it even in Canadian and, Tire.
2: And there's another one out there too that's very similar to, it's not called Mosquito Barrier, it's called Mosquito Out or something like that. It's basically the same type of thing. Okay. But support
1: your local garden center. That's what we always like to promote.
0: Absolutely. So I think we got everything else answered on the text line here. I think we got it all. So thanks for texting us today. Yep. And enjoy your day off. Yeah, if enjoy you the, the off.
1: sunshine. Looks like it's going to be another beautiful day out there.
2: Keep things watered. Right, Rick? Keep things, especially in this next week when it's hot, uh, keep Stick your finger in the soil. Just don't go by a schedule. Exactly. Get that
1: piece of rebar out, right, Rick?
0: Exactly. All right. Show is same time, same place next weekend. Enjoy your week. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This has been Garden Talk on 980-CJME and 650-CKOM.